according to my gospel. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if yet I pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You may be seated, if you will. I'd like to preach for a little while tonight by the help of the Lord. The preacher doesn't come. I heard Brother Rex Johnson say, you're going to be of all men most miserable. I like Brother Johnson. He, uh, he preached at my place, and I'll never forget it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So for a little while, I want to preach on Paul's gospel. Is that all right? Now, we're living in a day that men and women, and especially the ministry, it is difficult for men to draw lines. Men hesitate to define absolute. They are living in a gray world where nothing is really wrong and nothing is really right. I said today it's getting difficult to find a sinner anymore. Everyone is just sick. The alcoholic is sick. The homosexual is sick. I'm convinced that some folks would say that the devil is just sick. And if we could just rehabilitate him and get him in a halfway house somewhere, he could be salvaged. Just a matter of being sick. We're living in this world today where men apparently are afraid to stand. I lost my fear when I got the Holy Ghost. I walked in fear. I told Brother Beckton, no, I'm not going to say that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I lived with men that had been knifed and shot. And they carried bullet scars and knife scars on their bodies. They had killed men. They loved to fight. But they had some rules. And they had some guidelines. And they had some ethics. 
Some of them would actually fight for the fun of it, Brother Beckton. They'd fight you if you were their friend. I lived in an apartment with men, and uh, they were constantly fighting each other, but you lay a hand on one of them now, <laughs> and you were in trouble. <laughs> but in this gray world, and uh, it was not too different back in A.D. 50, when Paul wrote this to the church at Galatia, 20 years, 30, 20 years after uh, the upper room experience, and the writer of Ecclesiastes said there really is no new thing under the sun. Paul was battling that same thing 20 years after the upper room experience. He said there are some that will pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there, that little old weak-eyed, stoop-shouldered fella, oh, evidently he didn't have too much charisma, and maybe he was not all that impressive physically. Probably did not have all of that much of a personality or that amount of oratorical ability. And his uh, uh, vocabulary and his vernacular was probably sadly lacking. Yeah. Now I'm going to quit like that and get back in street language now. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's for me, brother. Praise God. Will it hold me up? Yeah, don't kill. Now, <laughs> Paul stood up and he got angry. But Paul was not afraid to draw a line. I said Paul was not afraid to draw a line. He said if I, if I in my old age, if I get senile or weak-minded and I begin to preach something else, or if I begin to let down, or an angel, Gabriel, jumped out here from heaven and began to preach something else. He said, you let that man or that angel be an accursed man. Let him be accursed. That sounds like a radical. Somebody said to me, what's a liberal? You want me to tell you what a liberal is? Yes, sir. Hand me that book. Just hold it up. Now, a liberal is a man that will knowingly and willingly avoid scriptures that he knows are in that book and will not preach them and will not enforce them. That man is a liberal. And we have a United Pentecostal manual that spells out some things. And if he will willingly and knowingly avoid to preach and teach the things that are in that manual, he is a liberal. And number three, any dude that calls me a radical is a liberal. I said any dude that calls me a radical is a liberal. 
Now you know what a liberal is? I take that as a compliment when men call me a radical. Jesus was a radical. John the Baptist was a radical. Paul was a radical. The experts 
examine the experts. They can tell you how to do it. Ah, oh, Brother Star put his finger on it, Brother Elder, up there in, in, uh, in Des Moines. He said, you've been telling me for a long time how to have revival. And I'm hearing the same old rhetoric over and over and over again. He said, I'm going to tell you how to have revival. He said, the spirit bloweth where it listeth, and you can hear the sound of it, and you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. Friend, revival come from God. They are not programmed. They are not orchestrated. Men cannot bring revival. They've got to come from God. James had the recipe for revival. He said, he said, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw a night of God, and he'll draw a night of you. Just draw a night of God. He'll draw a night of you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Hallelujah. Now, I better not get into that examine the experts sermon. <laughs> Folks have heard play through. More than that. They talk about 65% retention. I can see old Peter get up on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 played through. Thank God we saved 1,900 of them. 65% retention. All these fellas, they're sweet men. I'm not, I'm not personally against them. I'm not attacking them as men. Sweet, kind, wonderful, loving men. But they're walking the wrong direction. Hundreds praying through. Go to their church on a Sunday morning. Run about 350 in Sunday school. Where are they? Thousands playing through. Where are they? You know what it's like to me, Brother Beckton? When I was a young boy, they used to call it running the square. You know, little old country town. Boy gets his dad's automobile. Just got a brand new driver's license. He's buzzing the town square. All them little old flippy girls standing over on the lawn of the courthouse watching him, you know. Boy, he lay that rubber down. Squeal him tight. Making noise. Laying that rubber down. Oh, man, he's putting on a show. He, he's putting on a spectacle. All the little old gals are going, ooh and ah, and ooh and ah, and ooh and ah. But he ain't going nowhere. He's just going around and around the square. That's the way it is with some folks. They make a lot of noise and they lay a lot of rubber down, but they're just going around the square. I'm going to tell you what revival is. You look up to that forbidden Sunday school board that some of you don't believe in, and that's your privilege. Pray for me. Lay hands on me if you have to. If you feel the spirit, get on it. Now look up there at mine. 60 to 100 over last year. Steady growth. Few praying through. All the time. Alders always full. 
When it starts getting empty, I, I start getting worried. I start getting scared. It, it upsets me. Now I'm talking about real revival. I'm talking about real growth. Not just spinning your wheels and laying the rubber down. I'm talking about real revival. I'm talking about a spirit of worship. I'm talking about an order full of souls. I'm talking about 28 visitors on Sunday morning. Sheep. We're born to beget sheep. I'm not against that search for truth. I love it. We use it. But search for truth ain't going to bring you a revival. Hallelujah. Now, I believe we need to examine some of these experts. You know, some of them can go on stage like an actor. Stand back in the wings and time to go on stage now. Got to get my face on. Got to make the crowd cheer. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Here they come. Man, they come out there and turn it on. And go back. Put on the same old clothes that everybody knows they wear. Hallelujah. I think we need to examine some of this expert. Now, I'm going to get off that and get back on Paul's gospel. Now, preach repentance. If a man preaches anything else, let him be a curse. Right. Paul preached water baptism in Jesus' name. If a man comes preaching something else, let him be a curse. Paul said that. The Bible said it. Paul laid his hands on him. The Bible said and prayed for him. Until he heard him talking in tongues. If a man preaches you can get the Holy Ghost without talking in tongues, that man is a cursed. Paul said he was a cursed. The book said he was a cursed. Let that man be a cursed. Now, honey, Paul didn't get his throat cut in Acts chapter 19. Paul did not quit preaching in Acts chapter 19. Paul did not retire in Acts chapter 19. Paul picked up his pen and he began to preach over there in the ninth chapter of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13. Brother Baxton, and read for me. Oh, you're going to like this one, Brother Baxton. Read for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you not know? Don't you know? That they which minister. They which minister. About the holy things. About the holy things. Live of live the things. Of the things. Of the temple. Of the temple. And they that wait at the altar. And they that wait at the altar. Are partakers are with the altar. Are partakers of the altar. Read on. Even so has the so Lord hath the law ordained, ordained that they which preach, they the, gospel which preach the gospel should live, live of the gospel. You better pay your tithes, you sorry little thing, or you're going to hell. Amen. <laughs> and if a man preaches anything else, let him be a cursed. The truth. The truth. If a man preaches anything else, yes, let him be a cursed. All right. Praise God. I don't know where you're aware of it or not. 
some of these folks, you get to coming down on what folks call church standards anymore, personal convictions. I believe it's Bible holiness. Had a sweet little old girl. I had an awful time with her. Brother Beckton, she's not here tonight. Now, I've talked to her, but she knows it. That's the hard part about preaching when they're looking at you. She, uh, she'd been over there across the water where they don't believe hardly anything. And she come to Junction City, and my, she had a time. She wrestled. Had her in the office one night. Wife said she wasn't crying. I thought she was. Wife said she wasn't. She looked at me and real sad. She said, Brother Westford, I have loved every pastor I have ever had but you. <laughs> now I just can't love you. Yeah. And I said, well, honey, I'm just going to try to make it anyhow. Yeah. You pray for me, I'm still going to try to make it. Yeah. I'm just going to do my very best to make it. Yeah. Well, over at camp meeting, a year ago, I got to preaching on Bible holiness. She, she'd come up under this, you know, personal convictions and church standards. And finally it got through to her that it was Bible holiness. Oh, I had a man throw that changeable suits of apparel at me the other day. We got on rings a little bit, you know. The Bible preaches against rings. And somebody's wearing of gold. And some folks say, well, just a little bit don't. Well, that sounds like sin a little bit every day, doctrine, to me. And there's really not too much difference between one on your finger and one in your ear, if you can explain that to me. But this fella run for that changeable suits of apparel. He said, how about your changeable suits of apparel? I guess if you want me to buy one suit and wear it till it rotted off and just let myself stink. So I'm ignorant, you know, I don't know all that much and I've got to run to them three God commentaries every time I want to learn anything. So I run to Adam Clark and you know what Adam Clark said that was? He said those changeable suits of apparel were actually transparent see-through dresses. And we still preach against that today in some places. That word changeable meant transparent, see-through apparel. Hallelujah. Peter got strung out on the wearing of gold. Somebody said, how about flatten your hair? Honey, gold was a subject. They were plaiting the gold into their hair. And the putting on of apparel meant they were putting it on their apparel too. Pins and brooches hanging on their clothes. Plaiting it into their hair. Big old pin up here. Putting on of apparel. Putting gold on their apparel. You know why some folks don't like? They, they don't want to know what that means. <laughs> they willingly avoid those. <laughs> they won't go look that one up in the Greek. <laughs> They're not interested in what the commentary says about that one. Hallelujah. Now, 
Paul got real excited one day. I, there seems to be a scarcity of those around here tonight, but Paul looked up and he saw a bunch of old flop-haired men sitting out there. He got excited and upset and went to ranting and raving, got an old buzzard spirit, reared up. He said, don't you know it's a shame for a man to have long hair? And if a man preach anything else, let him be a cursed. That's part of Paul's gospel. And if a man preach anything else, let him be a cursed. Got on some old short-head women. That got, that triggered his hyperacidity and got it to flow at a fast rate. Got all upset, started jumping up and down. Got a real bad spirit. He said, don't you know your hair is your glory? And if you're going to trim the ends, you might as well shave your ugly head. And if a man preach any other gospel, let him be a cousin. Come on, believe it. I know. Hallelujah, I'm a radical. You better believe I'm a radical. I was born into this radical. I'll die a radical. I'll either go up a radical or I'm going to die a radical. Now, Paul went a little farther. He got over there. Oh, he covered it all in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. I mean, he said, don't let no man deceive you. Yeah, that's part of Paul's gospel. Now, I, I don't have time. Acts 20, 29. 2 Peter 2 and 1. Matthew 7 and 13. Jesus said they're going to come. False prophets coming amongst you in sheep's clothing, preacher clothes, might even have a fellowship card. Oh, get over there to Matthew 7 and 21. I'm just going to hit on it a little bit now. I'm not going to stay on this long. I got a better place to go. Read for me, Brother Baxter. Praise God. Not, Not everyone. everyone that cried, Lord, Lord. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to go to heaven. Shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everybody with a Jesus bumper sticker <laughs> or a fish necklace. <laughs> Not everybody. Yeah. Oh, you say that? Some other folks out there. Well, let's see. Read on. But he that doeth the will of my Father. He that does what's in that book. Yes. And preaching it's not enough. You got to enforce it. All right. I pulled an old flop-haired boy in my office last night. He come back about the third time. The other time he left was when I told him I wanted to see him in my office. He bolted for Texas. And he come back. He run the aisle. I didn't see him last night. I was watching. You know, he was out in the aisle. My deacon grabbed him. Went and set him. If I saw him, I'd went and set him down. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed about that. No, sir. Just walk down and say, hey, wait a minute. You go sit down. 
That makes the rest of them dance a little harder. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. I pulled him in my office. I said, you stay out of that aisle until you hit that altar and pray through again and get yourself a haircut. I don't know where you've been or what you've been doing. Stay out of that aisle. All right. And I said, and furthermore, if I hear one word of criticism out of you again about me or this church, I'm going to run you out the door and slam it behind you, and you'll never come back in this place. That's right. Now, that's the way to do it. They say you're cruel. Well, it's a working anyhow. I guess I'm just too ignorant. It works anyhow. Yeah. Baby killer. It'll work. A few Sunday nights ago, baptized an old boy with a full beard. Full beard. Oh, yeah, I baptized him. had a full beard. Next Sunday night, he walked. I was standing up on the platform. I didn't preach against beards and mustaches and all that stuff. I was standing there, and a, and a strange man walked up, and he said, I sure hope I get the Holy Ghost tonight. I thought, who's that? I, said, I got to looking at him, and suddenly, yeah. I realized who it was. All right. But he still had the mustache. Yeah. I didn't say anything. Come in my office that night, he said, Brother Westberg, he said, you know I'm a lifeguard out here teaching lifeguards and training lifeguards out here at Fort Riley Civil Service, training lifeguards. He said, you know, he said, the atmosphere around that swimming pool is bad. <laughs> he said, you think I ought to quit my job? I said, yeah. <laughs> I didn't preach on nakedness or modesty. Now, I'm going to show you something in a minute. And he said, and this mustache. I said, well, what about it? He said, I feel uncomfortable this thing on. Yeah. He said, I've been looking around here, and I don't see a one in your church. Right. I said, well, shave it off then. Yeah. That's it. It'll I'm going to get on something in a minute. That old boy got off the pool and he went out and got a job as cashier in the bowling alley. <laughs> Fort Riley. That's the word. Boy, he, he felt real good about that. <laughs> come and told me. I didn't say anything. Night or two went by, come in, he said, you know, Brother Westbrook, he said, I just don't feel comfortable out there. He said, now there's a mail clerk job coming open. <laughs> you think I ought to get that? I said, yeah, get it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I believe he's going to make it. He ain't even got the Holy Ghost yet. I said he don't even have the Holy Ghost yet. He hasn't even talked in tongues yet. That's what repentance will do. Now, Paul got to coming down hard on something else. 2 Corinthians 11 and 2. Hallelujah. Now up there in verse 1, he said, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. He got down a little farther and he said, I have espoused you to one husband. Get down there about verse 2. That Read for me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you. I have espoused you to one husband. To one husband. That I may present you. I may present you as a chaste virgin. As a chaste virgin. To Christ. To Christ. 
We don't. But I fear. But I fear. Let's by any means. Oh, the devil's going to come at you now. That seducing spirit that he wrote about to Timothy now. Read on. As the serpent beguiled Eve. Oh, read on, Brother Baxter. Through the subtlety. Subtlety. So your mind. So your mind. Should be corrupted. Corrupted. Now there's folks today that are being corrupted. And I'm going to put my finger on him in a little bit. Read on. From the simplicity that is in Christ. Read. For if he cometh now. There's going to be a fella come along. Read. For if he that cometh preacheth now another Jesus. If that fellow that comes along begins preaching another Jesus. Whom we have oh, not preached. The second person of the Godhead. All right. Another Jesus. The eternal Son of God. <laughs> God the Son. If he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, whom I have not preached, let him be a cursed. All right. Read on. Or another gospel. Or another gospel. Which we have not. Which I did not preach. Read on. Oh, God. Read on. Or another spirit. I done lost my text here. Another spirit. Another spirit. Another spirit. <laughs> He's preaching another spirit. Which you have not received. Which you have not received. Now hold on there. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you where us Pentecostals made a little mistake. Praise God. We got so hung up on this tongue talking. Don't you ever dare say for one minute that Westberg told you you could get it without talking in tongues. You got to talk in tongues, friend. Or you didn't get what I got. But we've been so busily insisting on that tongue talking that we've left out some other things All right. that go along with receiving this Holy Ghost. All right. Seven years ago, maybe longer than that, 1973, I, a lot of strange, my service, hadn't had any up to then. One of them was your brother. And you, bunch of them. And I got up one Sunday night and started singing a chorus. And I looked down there in little old Purvis Wilson, nine years old. I was just a singing, and I looked down there. I saw his countenance change. I said, "Is he getting the Holy Ghost?" I walked down there and listened. He was a talking in tongues like a Chinaman. He. He's half Japanese, so I wouldn't say Japanese. <laughs> now, when they get the real genuine, there's going to be a countenance change. Yeah. I've seen fellas come to an altar, Brother Beckton, and talk in tongues, and their face got as red as that flower over there in that basket. Straining, fighting, talking in tongues. Friend, it's not just talking in tongues. The charismatics 
talking tongues. But the real genuine Holy Ghost is going to put in your heart a love of holiness. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And if you don't get that, you just got a tongue-talking, tangled tongue experience, and it was not the Holy Ghost. All right. Now I'm going to tell you, those way folks, they say now, listen to me, I'm going to teach you how to talk in tongues. Tie my high tie. Tie my tie high. Tie my tie way up high. Tie my tie high tie, tie my tie high high tie tie. Tie tie to tie tie, tie my high tie. Tie my toe tie too. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. Now I don't know. I've seen some folks get down there and they get a hold of their head. And they get their mouth right up in their ear. And they're shaking them. Now I don't know what they're saying in their ear. Maybe they're saying, time a hot, ta ta ta. I don't know what they're saying. But all of a sudden they jump back. He got it. He got it. Go mark another one up on the scoreboard. That's number 499. What's left? No change in his life. You don't see him on Sunday morning. He's gone. But he talked in tongues. We need to demand more than just a tongue-talking experience. St. John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 13. How be it, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is spirit come. of what? Spirit of truth. Spirit of what? Spirit of truth. Whoa. You better read that one more time. When he, the spirit of truth, is come. Oh. You mean the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth? Yes, it is. It's not a spirit of exaggeration. It's not a spirit of half-truth. No. You mean it's not a spirit of distorted truth? You mean it's a spirit of truth? Spirit of truth. What else is it? Read on. He will guide you into all truth. He will truth. lead you into all truth. If you got the real, genuine Holy Ghost, it will lead you in to the rest of the truth. Yes. Yes, it will. I believe it. Or maybe it's another spirit whom they have not received. You see this charismatic influence in the world. It's getting in amongst us. Yes, it is. Just talking tongues. Talking tongues. Time a tie, time a high tie, tie. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the church. Amen. Tongue talkers. Tongue talkers. Friend, you hear me. If they got the real, genuine spirit of truth, it will lead them into all truth. They'll be pliable. They'll accept the teaching. They'll accept hard preaching. They'll line up. 
If they got the spirit of truth, they will. Yes, they will. They love truth. Yes, they will. They'll, now, they'll even love the preacher. And if a man preach anything else, and if a man preach anything else, all right, anything else, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Now I'm going to show you where we're in trouble. Ezekiel. 22, 26, Brother Backton. Oh, I run across this the other day and I said, oh my God, have mercy. That'll preach. That'll do it. And I don't have time. Time's going to run out on me tonight. But I want you to know there's a lot of seducing spirits and there's a lot of wild voices. And in Matthew it said even the church itself could be deceived. We're living in the last hour. Brother Cornwell showed me a picture, an advertisement in the paper today. A man is advertising that he is Jesus Christ. They said he's going to say he's over there. And they're going to say he's over here. But they said don't go looking for him because he's right where you are. But he's coming back in the sky. Yes. He's coming back in the cloud. Hallelujah. That Satan's going to come as an angel of life. Yes. And even the very elect are going to be deceived. Oh That's God. that dirty, charismatic spirit amongst us trying to deceive us, trying to deceive the very elect is what it is. That's right. That's right. Dirty, rotten, filthy, compromising, charismatic spirit preaching another gospel, another Jesus, another spirit. All right. Oh, you're preaching. Yeah. You know, I never dreamed. You know, Brother Beckton, this wearing the rings, that's no new doctrine among us. That's not some wild, heretical, fanatic, radical doctrine. That's always been in our midst. And I believe the angels in heaven hung their head in disgrace the day a man was called in question because he preached against wearing wedding rings. Called in question for it, if you please. I, I believe the very angels of heaven hung their head. Man called in question for preaching against rings. Let him call me in question. I'm ready. All right. Read for me, Brother Baxter. <coughs> Verse 25, you want to? 26. All right. Her priest have violated my law. Back up one verse. I knew it. There is a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy. Of her prophets. Of her prophets. In the midst thereof. There's a conspiracy in the land tonight, friend. Yes. You hear me? I said there is a conspiracy in the land. Right. And I don't dare get on spiritual wickedness in high places. No, not here. Hallelujah. But it's there. Yes. There's a conspiracy in the land. 
of what? There is a conspiracy of her prophets. Of her prophets. In the midst thereof. In the midst thereof. Like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. Ravening the prey. Ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure. Oh, they have taken my treasure. And precious things. Read on. They have made her many widows. Read on. In the midst thereof. Read on. Her priests have violated her law. priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy thing and they have profaned my holy thing they have put no difference they have put no difference between the holy between the holy and the profane, and the profane. there is a conspiracy in the land they put no difference between the holy and the profane and they have put no difference they have made no difference between the unclean between the unclean and the clean, and the clean. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Ah, conspiracy. Ah. Profane my holy law. No difference between the holy and the profane. They say, well, that's all right. Don't bother me. They don't convict me. Yeah. Let me tell you. Compromise. Tell me, friend. We need to back off and take a look where we're going. All right. You know the old story of the Pied Piper. City was full of rats. Yeah. Here he comes. All right. Playing his pretty little tune. Yeah. Let him be. Yes. Curse it. Oh, God. Friend, what I preach is not strange. It's nothing new, but it's the old path, old path. and the old landmarks. Yes, I hear a cry today, 25, 30 years ago, the Assemblies of God had the same holiness standard that this church right here has tonight. I said they had it. Yeah. They had it, friend. Long-haired women, men wore godly clothes. They preached the Holy Ghost to hell. They sure did. I said they preached the Holy Ghost to hell. Right. Now they had a couple of too many gods. And they put you down in the water wrong. I remember an old lady in Houston left the Assembly of God Church and come over to ours because they were letting down on their holiness standard. Yeah. And it wasn't long till doctrine went. The first thing you know, you didn't need to be baptized. And you didn't need to do this. Now in the assembly of God, you just say, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're saved. And you see what they look like today. But the cry I heard coming out of them, Brother Beckton, I hear that same cry today. If we just weren't so hard-nosed, and if we just didn't demand so much, and if we could just forget a little few things, and if we could just lay down some things, and if you lay down holiness, you're going to lay down doctrine. You're going to compromise on the message. You just took the first step. The first step is kulach. All right. The second step is gauchos. All right. The third step is blue jeans and pantsuits. Come on. You begin to let down on your holiness standard, that's the first step. Yes, it is. I love souls. 
I'm trying to get a church ready for the rapture. But I said, oh God, let me have a thousand to make a liar out of those men that say you can't preach holiness and build a church. I said, God, give me a thousand. I want to make a liar out of them. Let them know. Oh, hard-nosed Westberg preached it and built a church. Yeah, we're going to have it, please. My, my, my. Ezekiel 44, 23. Hallelujah. Brother Becton, I've got to close. I've got to close. And they shall teach my people. And they shall teach my people the difference. The difference between the holy. Between the holy and profane. And the profane. And cause them. And cause them to discern. To discern between the clean. Between the clean and the unclean. And the unclean. Mm. You're not just a preaching Holy Ghost tongue talking. God called you to show my people the difference between the clean and the unclean and the holy yes. and the profane. Oh, yes, he did. Well, somebody said Westburg, United Pentecostal Church going to divide. Yes, sir. When the trumpet sounds, yes. it's going to divide. Let me tell you, I'm gonna, I said this before. I said this before. I'm going to say it again. You've heard the story of the snake. Snake laying there in the road. Man walked by on a cold spring day. Snake said, I'm cold. Pick me up. Man said, no, no, you're a snake. You'll bite me. No, he said, I won't bite you. He said, I'm so cold. Just pick me up and put me in your bosom and get me warm. Yeah. And the man picked him up and put him in his bosom. And he got warm. And he bit him. He said, but you said you wouldn't bite me. He said, you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. When you picked me up. Yeah. You knew I was a snake. I'm not knocking W.T. Witherspoon. There's no doubt in my mind he was a lovely man of God. But that doesn't mean he made a mistake. He, 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 he couldn't make a mistake. When he said not to contend for your different views to the division of the body, that don't agree with what Brother Jude said. Brother Jude said to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the faith. I'm going by the Bible, praise God. I'd rather take what Brother Jude said. All right. The Bible said, can a man take fire in his bosom and not his clothes be burned? All right. Friend, we took some fire in our bosom back in 1945, and it's burning our clothes. We sure did. Our clothes are on fire. Yeah. A bunch of men don't believe it. They don't believe the message. Never did believe it. Never did believe it. Never did believe it. Oh. And never will believe it. 
John said, from such, turn away. Turn away from them. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to have to close. Paul was a Pharisee. We got most of our holiness doctrine right from the Pharisees. Somebody said, you're a Pharisee. Thank you, sir. Paul said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. All of our holiness standards, most of them came from Paul. Not too many of them came from Peter. But Matthew 23 and 1, Brother Becton. Matthew 23 and 1. You see, I'm going to tell you what a Pharisee really is. A Pharisee is a man that will go off to camp meeting and preach it. All right. And come home and let it go on in the church. All right, now I heard that. A Pharisee is a man that will get up behind that pulpit and preach it and let it go on in the church. All right. I heard that. Read for me, Brother Baxter. Hallelujah. Then, then spake Jesus. Then said Jesus. To the multitude. To the multitude. And to his disciples. And to his disciples. Saying. Saying. The scribes and the, the Pharisees. The and the Pharisees. Sit in Moses' seat. They sit in Moses' seat. Read on. All therefore. All therefore. Whatsoever they bid whatever you Whatever they preach. Do it. That observe. You do it. And do. You do what they preach. We've got to be more holy than the Pharisees. All right. He said, except your righteousness yes. exceed the righteousness yeah. of the Pharisees. All right. But he said, now you do what they say to do. Yeah, do it. But don't do like they do. Because they preach it, but they don't do it. That's the Pharisee. All right. I got to quit. I've been preaching over an hour. All right. Don't. Friend, listen. That little old weak-eyed, stoop-shouldered man picked up his pen, wrote to Timothy. I stood in that cell in the Mormon teen prison. There's many places that filled my soul in Jerusalem. But two places stand out to me. Mars Hill in Corinth, or in Athens. You know, Elijah stood and preached the fire down on Mount Carmel, but I got up on Mars Hill and went to preaching and began to rain. I preached the rain down. Brother Hill and I was up there and I was up preaching away and the old thunder rolled and a dark cloud rolled up and it began to rain and we run for the car. <laughs> that must prove I'm not an Elijah. <laughs> but Mars Hill and that cell that Paul was in, I got in that place and I felt like falling on my face and began to weep and cry. I could see a man in there frustrated, eating up with what was going on outside and he couldn't get to it to preach about it. So he grabbed up that pen and he started to write. He started to write. He started to write. I, I, I'm going to hit on one more thing and I'm going to quit. Second Timothy 4 and 2. Brother Becton. He said, Timothy, now these are the words of a dying man. Of a dying man. Preach the word. What? Preach the word. Go get a Baptist movie. 
Oh, they'll bring a crowd. So Billy Graham, he filled the Houston Astrodome. Yes. Go get him. He'll bring a crowd. You say, Westberg, I'll never put a Baptist preacher in my pulpit. Then leave the Baptist movies out, too. Right. Oh, I got this one from Wilkerson. Well, we kicked Wilkerson out. He had a problem with young teenage girls. More than one of them. We, we got rid of Wilkerson. I don't need him always moving. No. What did Paul say? Preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove. What? Reprove. What? Rebuke. Oh, you don't hear much of that. It's love preaching now. And don't mention those forbidden things. Don't talk about them. Paul said reprove and rebuke. <laughs> Re for the time will come, ah, it's already here, when they will not endure sound doctrine, charismatic, but after their own lust. Oh, you mean they're full of lust? Yeah. Kissing around on each other. <laughs> Loving around on each other. Yeah, they heap to Oh, do they really do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, having a love feast. They sure did. I got a different name for it. You know, I got the Holy Ghost 28 years ago. For two years, I didn't even go with a woman. I was 28 when I prayed through. I mean, I'm not going to tell you where I come from. But I guess I'd done about everything. Smoked a little hashish. Fifth of whiskey a day. All that stuff. And when I prayed through, I was so thrilled with the Holy Ghost. Girls looked like fence posts to me <laughs> for nearly two years. They looked just like fence posts. And then along come a little old sweet East Texas thing. Oh, I could nearly get my hands around her waist back then. <laughs> the Lord has really blessed us. Now, I'm going to stand here and tell you, since I received the Holy Ghost 28 years ago, I have never held another woman's hand but my wife and my little girl. I've never kissed another woman but my wife and my little girl. And that dirty, rotten, lustful, charismatic spirit is not of God. All right. It's not of God. Read on, Brother Baxter. Hallelujah. Read. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Turn away their ears from the truth. And shall be turned unto fables. Turned unto fables. One advertisement said, See Samuel rise from the dead. That must have been a long-range camera reach across 2,000 years. <laughs> Samuel, I didn't know Kodak was around. Oh, then you mean it's some man's fantasy. Some homosexual playing Samuel. 
and another homosexual grinding the camera. <laughs> All right. Fable. See Samuel rise from the dead. Now I'm not knocking these men. Hear me now, I love these men. I, I'm, I'm not against men. I, I'm, I have nothing personal. But there's something that just sets me afire when I see the Pied Piper playing his pretty little tune and leading the crowd. Because I know where he's leading them to. I know where he's leading them to. Honey, there's only one thing that's going to work. I, I'm not pretty, you know that. I'm not smart. I'm not a preacher, really. But all I have found that if you can get that word of God down in a hungry heart and let it begin to grow and water it with the Holy Ghost, you're going to have souls born into the kingdom of God. Yes, you will. All they'll sit. Praise God. And that's the only thing that's going to do it. And all of the showmanship and all of the programming. All right. All right. It ain't nothing but laying rubber around the square. All right. It's just laying rubber. Oh, it thrills some. Hey, he's getting the job done, is he? Is he? Is he really? We'll know when the trumpet sounds. Somebody said, Westberg, you're arrogant. You're hard-headed. You're narrow-minded. Thank you. It's a narrow way. Thank you for calling me narrow-minded. It's a narrow way. It's not a broad way. You say you're wrong. You're crazy. You're mistaken. We'll know when the trumpet sounds. We'll know when we stand around the throne. We'll know when the books are open. We'll know then, won't we? Won't we know then? We'll know it then. We'll know it then. Praise God. I'm going to turn you loose tonight. My heart is burdened. I'm hurt inside. I've seen things, Brother Beckton, that I thought I would never see. I'm grieved in my spirit. I'm hurting. I see things. My God, we need a prophet to stand up. Somewhere. We need a John the Baptist to stand up. And raise his voice. Brother Chambers, in my living room not long ago, I said, Brother Chambers, we need the voice of a prophet. He said, you're right, Brother Westberg. But he said, by the time the smart boys got done with him, and all of the political maneuvers got done with him, and all of the ambitious men are striving for the mastery and wanting to go on an ego trip, and they're trampling men down to get to the top, he said when that crowd got done with him, he'd lose every bit of credibility that he had. Because he wouldn't be accepted. He wouldn't be accepted. 
with us. You see, there's a conspiracy in the land. And it may be that the very elect will be deceived if it's possible. Friend, we're going to have to preach what Paul preached. And if we don't, I'm afraid if I don't, I'm going to be accursed. That's why I'm doing it. I don't want to be accursed. God bless you.